Hi, my name's Elijah and welcome to Roots Podcast, an interview channel that takes its first series by diving into the personal stories of those in the hospitality industry, whether it be in the restaurant, out in the field, and those in the media as they look back on where it all started for them. It's a retrospective look on the passion, ambition, and drive involved in a competitive industry. Today on the show, we've got guest Rachel Morris, who has worked her way through various forms of media and journalism over the course of 10 years, graduating from the University of Melbourne with a Master's of Publishing and Communications, and since then has produced content for Vegan Style, given talks at Restaurant Alibi to support the direction of veganism whilst helping to boost proceeds for wires, and since February of 2019 has been head editor of the new plant-based Nourish magazine. All right, thanks for coming on the show. Let's take this back to when you were growing up. What was life looking like for Rachel Morris? Uh, I grew up in uh, the Sydney suburbs and it was a pretty uh, ordinary childhood really for back then, pretty unusual now I guess, but we played at the creek, we rode bikes around the block in little girl gangs and um, yeah, life was pretty good, it was pretty simple back then. (laughs) And had you known from then you wanted to be a writer? Were you sitting around like writing kid stories thinking, man, this is going to be my life? Look... I did write kids' stories, I should say, Um, but no, I didn't know uh, what I wanted to do back then, Uh, far from it. It was a circuitous journey, actually, Um, but uh, receive a typewriter, the old typewriter. Now, I'm not that old, um, (laughs) but it was um, pre-sort of PCs and laptops and things, so I used to tap out little stories on there and and poems and things like that, So, um, but I wasn't planning on being a writer. Yeah. Well, what about from family and friends? Did you have any inspirations coming into to teenagehood and, and high school where that kind of direction would influence you? No, actually, I didn't. It was just something that I was drawn to personally. Um, big reader, um, always writing little stories, that sort of thing for sure. But I guess the influence that I had was a lot of support um, from family in, in exploring what was of interest to me. I was read to as a child. I think that's really important. Um, but yeah, they've, they've just always gotten behind what I've decided to do, which has switched and changed quite a bit. Yeah, sure. Yeah, your journey as an editor started more than a decade ago, where you completed a Bachelor of Professional and Creative Writing at Deakin University. And at this same time, you're a freelance writer for an online website called Vegan Style. I'd imagine this was early days for you. Did you experience much of the competitiveness that was so often talked about? Back then, I'd have to say no. Since then, yes. But um, back then, no, I was really just sort of exploring an interest and what I hoped would become a new career direction for me. And I was very opportunistic. And so as opportunities arose, I took them. But I wasn't really competing for a, a something that I had in mind back then. Yeah. That came later. I'd imagine the influence of going into university and finding that kind of plant-based magazine, did that ever kind of skew your direction with writing and did that kind of hinder where you maybe originally wanted to go as opposed to where you were now heading? It, it really didn't because back then the two things were so separate for me. Um, my veganism was sort of flourishing back then as well. I, I'd only been vegan for a few years and, and the exploration of writing and, and editorial was fairly new as well. So that the two completely different worlds in my mind. So yeah. I wouldn't say one influenced the other except that who I was for both of them was the same thing. Yeah, sure. Uh, and you said it didn't happen at first, but it happened a little later, this whole uh, competitiveness in this industry. Uh, I just want to say, I've got a mate who works at a, a radio station in Wollongong who talks about how much it can push you to, to your limits. I'm just curious about how you identified with that later on and did you have similar experiences? 
Well, there's two different things there. The the competitiveness really came about, and I had, had a real sense of that coming out of my master's when I was much clearer on what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, how I wanted to use this skill set that I'd spent two degrees and a lot of years of my life um, <laughs> earning as a mature age student, I will say as well. So I came to that later in life. So coming out there and entering into that competitive market of all looking for these entry-level jobs, of which there were very few, and me being the older person who'd already had a career prior to that, um, it was incredibly competitive and that changed my direction because I kind of thought, I'm just not going to get into publishing. I'm going to go about it a different way. And I went into um, more the business world, um, making magazines still and writing and doing all that sort of thing, and then later into um, government organisations. So so that was sort of my work around then. Uh Coming to Nourish was just a, a magical moment. Um, so there, was no com- there wasn't really a competitiveness there, but prior to that, it did change the course of what I was doing yeah. and, and how I was going about it. In terms of the pressure, again, I have a, a different story to tell on that front because I work for a very unique media company. Um, we're privately owned versus by a big conglomerate where subscriber model rather than advertiser model so we answer to our readers not to our advertisers we're a mindfulness and well-being publisher that's all that we do across a number of titles Um, so we apply that in the workplace as well so pressure and that relentless sort of you know lifestyle that you hear about that's not how we do things here yeah so the pressure is more what we put on ourselves to to do our readers yeah the service that we we promise them and to do our titles proud yeah yeah sure that's good to know that that what you teach is also kind of what you're kind of encompassing as well it's nice to not do the whole do as i say not as i do kind of thing you know it's 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 very refreshing it's very refreshing it's unusual (laughs) uh so knowing how tough it can be did you find yourself pursuing to be a freelance writer as opposed to something more concrete uh with one business and did you find that level of freedom in what you wanted to write about change between being freelance or not Look, I think um, it's different for different people. And for me, um, freelance was what was available and what was achievable when you start out. Um, You often don't get the full-time, you know, gigs straight off the bat unless you're going into a a really entry-level role. So that was just a a means to an end for me. It wasn't the dream, so to speak. It wasn't a freedom that I desired to have. I always wanted to just use my skills and the education that I'd invested myself into in my everyday work. That's, you know, I wanted my work and how I earned my money to reflect who I was and what I was good at and and what I had to say, Um, whether that occurred freelance or in-house I would have been open to either, um, but I think in-house is certainly, um, it's a privileged position. Um, It's hard out there for freelancers, there's Mm. no doubt about it. You know, back when I was still studying, I was doing a couple of freelance gigs. Like I was, like, as you said, I was writing online content for Vegan Style. Um, I was editing um, business books, uh, freelance. I was working as a barista in my local cafe. And I don't know if I've already mentioned it, but I was also studying. I was still studying. So um, it was around the clock and that was relentless. And that was sort of um, funding yourself to get where you wanted to go I guess yeah sure or do what you want to do <laughs> at what point during your journey career did you start to see yourself kind of on the rise and and really heading where you wanted to be was there moments you'd catch yourself and think wow I can't believe that just happened like like you said the light bulb moment with nourish and were there some of those cool moments you've had becoming since becoming a journalist 
I never had any of those moments. <laughs> I, I was, I was literally just, um, you know, making the best of, of what I had at every moment until this alchemy of who I am as a person, what I care about in my personal life, and what I do as a professional came together. And it was a per chance. It was just one of those magical moments. Um, I was actually looking at. I was employed full time, um, working as a magazine editor in a different field. And uh, I was actually looking on Seek for a friend. And I was like, oh, big sky thinking. I wonder what editor jobs are out there. And um, I typed in editor in Seek. That was it. <laughs> and the very first ad um, came up was what turned out to be for Nourish. I read the ad. It sounded amazing. It, it didn't actually say it was for Nourish and it didn't say it was plant-based. <laughs> and already I was like, that sounds like me. And oh my God, it's it's based up on the central coast in New South Wales. I was living in Melbourne at the time. Um oh, that's crazy, but it sounds so good. Should I, should I give them a call? And in the end, I couldn't resist. I gave them a call and, well, the rest is history. Uh, here I am now. I found out it was actually a, a vegan magazine. Um, I kind of shyly said when they asked, oh, you kind of said you were interested in plant-based living. And at that point, I was like guiltily almost saying, uh, yes, I've actually been vegan for quite a long time because um, that can be polarizing yeah. in some workplaces and these guys just jumped at that. I didn't know at that time that it was a, a plant-based magazine that they were hiring for. Oh, wow. Yeah. How funny. Yeah, very. Um, very opportunistic. Very, yeah. very much so. So it was kind of a magical <laughs> moment and two months later um, I'd shifted interstate and started working here. And that was in the summer of 2018? I imagine. Yeah, the it was end of 2018, early 2019 that that all transpired. And that had been a, a massive shift going interstate just for... Oh, yeah. I wasn't even looking for a job at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was huge. Yeah. Well, that's important. I wanted to touch on that, on the influence of your career and veganism. You said you've been... How long have you been vegan for now? Uh, I think it must be coming up to about 13 years or just over. Miles on me for sure. <laughs> for me as a chef... Being vegan, it was hard starting out as a chef and then coming to veganism and then having to just completely change directions. Did you kind of have that similar idea when you were, you know, wanting to be a writer and then being vegan and kind of, because I, I, I can imagine you were vegan before you got your publications and, and your degrees. So I suppose you would have already had that influence, but did you find it hard at some stages to find that job or career and balance that with your personal beliefs? Look, in some ways, yes. Um, there, there's a strong ethical position behind the decision to become vegan for, for most people, not everyone. There's a lot of reasons that sort of drive that lifestyle change. There was a big ethical part of it for me and, and how that influenced what I do in the world is more so who I will and won't work for and what messages I will and won't give my services for or earn my money from. So that that was kind of challenging. So there's a lot of um, commercial opportunities for writers and editors, but there's, you know, a lot of companies that I just... I wouldn't want to be a part of. So, for example, like imagine there was a, um, a beautiful opportunity with a big beauty brand that happens to test on animals. Right. So that would knock out entire, you know, or, or big food companies um, that I wouldn't, you know, support the entirety of the company. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you find yourself in a situation where you had to write an article or advertise about something that obviously wasn't vegan and finding it a little uncomfortable having to professionally support them by publishing it? 
Um, I've been fairly lucky on that front because I've chosen my roles fairly carefully in terms of who I'm working for. So when I was working in the business sector, it had nothing to do with, um, you know, food or the lifestyle. It was more when I was doing freelance work and I'd, I'd be editing books of business writers that would occasionally have some ideology in there that I um, that I wasn't about. But then as an editor of a book, you're really just supporting that writer to share their message so I didn't see it as my message back then. Um, so very limited times that that's affected me. Yeah, because I, I know for me, I found it like challenging. I was at Caveau and they were doing like just a regular beet menu, vegetarian menu and vegan menu. And at that point, I was thinking, I was really confused because A, there wasn't that many, at that point, there wasn't any vegan fine dining restaurants at all, plenty of just vegan cafes and restaurants. Uh, and B, not that many vegan chefs in, in that area that I could kind of talk to or communicate and say, hey, I know veganism and I get it, but like, what about in this circumstance? Like, as a chef, like, there are always lines, you know, with every job and and I kind of found that as being a chef and you know For what I sure. mean? So it's like, am I doing wrong? I'm not the head chef who's writing the menu. I'm just kind of here prepping it and, and doing it. So like, am I still involved in this wrong somehow? I probably am, you know, like I'm not saying I'm not and I'm not telling myself when I go to sleep, I'm an okay person, you know, and it, but it's these kind of lines where I draw and I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's good for, for you that you've been able to, to do and make those choices. And, and I always try and think about where can I go and what, what can I do that can involve my beliefs. And I recently had a chat with James Damascus who talked about how he specifically hires vegan people, which I thought was really cool because there's not a huge market for people who are vegan, who work in restaurants and cafes to have that job opportunities. So he just wants to kind of narrow that down and make it easier for those people to get those opportunities and have those jobs, which I think is really awesome that there are people out there that are have the means to support those people in that direction. It's it's kind of like Nourish Now with, with your example, with you being a plant-based and jumping onto a magazine that's that didn't probably think about it at the time, but it was a bonus that they had somebody that was vegan and plant-based, which I think is a really unique thing, which is you can kind of see slowly opening up as well, just with what's happening with uh, James and how magazines are, are jumping over to, to supporting a better lifestyle. And I think it's a really unique thing that we're kind of seeing at the moment with these you know, publications and restaurants really being able to push that. I just, I just wanted to, yeah. to say that. And yeah. it, it's really I, cool. I actually think it goes beyond um, just what you do professionally. I think um, as soon as you make a decision to go plant-based or, or vegan, there are those lines that you mentioned that you've got to draw at every step of the way personally. It, it doesn't just apply to, to your profession and what you do for work. I mean, you've got to make those decisions every day. Do, do you take the medicine or do you not take the medicine? Mm. It's, it's, it's not going to be vegan. Yeah. Um, you know, do you wear secondhand leather or do you not yeah. when it comes to shoes or whatever um, because it's more sustainable to buy secondhand things. So there's no perfect vegan in <laughs> yeah. it. So, and that's kind of – I'm really lucky that my personal approach and that of um, Nourish as a publication are in, in alignment in that it's about doing – what you can which is the the strict definition of veganism is yeah. what is practical and possible and so every single step that you can make and and with the intention of doing the best you can i mm. think is the most important thing and we're all going to have to draw those lines um what you talk about there i experienced when i was working one of the jobs yeah. that i was doing studying was working as a barista so i was pumping out milk coffees more yeah. than i was soy coffees yeah exactly um 
you know, and that was just something that I had to, you know, come to terms with in my own life, that it wasn't what I did, it wasn't what I supported, but mm. it supported me to do the things that I went on to do. So yeah. um, I think there's plenty of people out there that are vegan and are working in jobs or um, industries that are not very vegan supportive. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, let's jump over to talking about your opportunity with Nourish. Originally, Nourish was just about eating well, living well, and being well until in July 2018, when it began to have a stronger focus on living more plant-based in culture, health, well-being, and nutrition. I was wondering if you could talk to us about that big change it underwent and the decisions behind that as a business. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that sort of decision-making is fairly transparent in, in our company. And Nourish was a title that we purchased. So it was a, it was a name and it was a brand that we purchased um, from another publisher. So we didn't purchase Nourish the magazine as it was. Yeah, right. It's a completely different magazine. But what we bought off the shelf was a, a title that worked for what we wanted to share and an ethos that we wanted to get behind, but from a plant-based perspective. So the plan, plan always was to have a plant-based a magazine and it was just an opportunity um, to bring a readership that was interested in the things that we are still interested in mm. on the journey with us and and of course it's been a journey we've gained a lot of new readers in the time that we've been a, mm. a plant-based magazine and there's probably been a few that dropped off but what we haven't moved away from is eating well living well and being well um, yep. that's still our inherent focus and I guess it being plant-based is that you can have all of these things while living a more compassionate, more sustainable or healthier life. You can have everything. It's, it's really abundant now, um, the vegan landscape. So, yeah, that, that's kind of what Nourish stands for. And, and the brand and the ethos that it used to have fit with what we were wanting to create. Yeah. So it was an opportunity to run with that. Did you ever feel like you wanted to use your position as head editor to try and educate and help people in that direction to, to veganism? I would see that as my job. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. so, so it's, it's you know, we, we make no bones about advocating for a plant-based lifestyle. That's what we yeah. do. We think it, there's a, a kinder way to live. We think there's a lighter footprint that you can have. We think there's a healthier way to be in the world. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's an advocacy type thing for me. And, yeah. and that's a bonus. Yeah, for sure. With this expanding range of resources, what's the approach you're finding you are able to put out through having Nourish Magazine as your tool to work through? Well, the the great you know privilege is my position is I get to harness all of those people and bring a variety of perspectives and a variety of um, approaches and share that so people can find their own way through it. It's a very personal thing. We talked about finding those lines and you know how far do you take it? Well. Nourish kind of, it's there for wherever you are on your journey and wherever you want to go on the journey. It's it's an inclusive space. Um, we, we're an aspirational magazine for people who want to explore plant-based. And, yeah. and we what we do is we remove the limitations around that. No, you don't have to give up shoes and handbags. <laughs> you don't have to give up cheese. You don't have to give up the favorite meal that you grew up with as a child or, yeah. or um or anything you don't have to give up anything in fact you just change the way that you engage with those things yeah for sure for sure uh currently being the head editor of nourish magazine a totally plant-based approach to health and wellness that inspires people to think about the ways they can benefit the earth and themselves through food mind and culture i'd imagine sitting where you are now in your career this can almost seem like a dream compromise between your personal values and professional ethics like we've talked about 
In what other ways have you been able to explore your interests as a journalist and being able to help the vegan community? Other ways other than Nourish? Yeah, like talking yeah. at Alibi, for example. Oh, yeah, definitely. And those opportunities only come to you, um, you know, when you've got a platform like Nourish where people can, yeah. can find you. Um, in, in the earlier years, I was doing a bit more activist activism work more than what I do these days. So I'd be out on the band duck hunting actions let's call them um, where we were out in the wetlands you know facing up against hunters and things like that and I wrote stories that you know about that experience and why it's important to consider things um, from different angles so you know I had some opportunities like that but um but I think the key word that you said to me was uh, you know the dream and um, being able to you know share the joy of plant-based living through a title like nourish is is exactly that it's a dream i can't imagine it getting any better than this so i'm just going to have a lot of fun with it while, <laughs> while it lasts and hopefully you know our readers come along for the ride and they get that sense of joy and abundance and and fun out of the magazine and that it is a life you know well lived so those opportunities will certainly come. We've had six months wiped out of this year where mm. all of those things have gone, let's yeah. not forget, with the COVID-19 sort of um, lockdown. So I think our our approach has been to, to let people know about Nourish. Here's what we're doing, and we'll just see where that takes us. We're, we're not focused on drawing attention to what we're doing and why. We're just doing the thing. We're just putting the, the information and the messaging out there um that's the priority for us it's really not about you know making a massive hoorah about us doing it mm. it's more that the thing exists out yeah. there for us yeah you just touched on it a little bit but i am curious to know how nourish was able to deal with through covid in terms of what you publish the things you talk about or how covid influenced how you had to market and manage the the, the plant-based magazine well interestingly with print print publishing what most people don't realize is when the magazine lands in your lap there's four months of work and planning mm. in that so what it means is when you when you're working on a lifestyle magazine with the type of cycle that um, nourish has we're not trying to be a news media outlet yeah um, so we're not that responsive to what's going on in the news we're more of an evergreen publication mm. um, that and we stay very true which is to share the joy of plant-based living having said that it's it's opened up the opportunity to look at well how does our base nutrition for example affect the way we contract viruses and the, what our body does when we yeah. do so we've had some opportunities to go down those sorts of um, avenues which you'll see in coming publication yeah sure by which time I hope COVID is a memory in the past, <laughs> but I don't think it will be. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, yeah, we, we haven't been responsive because that's not how we do media. Yeah. Do we know when the awards are going to be out? Well, it's, 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 it's a long lead time. Oh, so yeah. this year is our first year. This is our first time running it. It's the first vegan and lifestyle awards in Australia. So we've got a fairly long voting window. That's going to end at the end of July. Oh, yeah. um, and we're actually going to hold off on the results until World Vegan Day. Oh, interesting. So we're going to announce winners then. Um, and that also allows us the time to share it in the publication. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That'd be perfect timing. Yeah, we so think so. Can you explain to people uh, where they can go to vote? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess the biggest thing is the Nourish Vegan Awards website. So you can just throw that into Google and it'll come up. It's got a dedicated website or nourishmagazine.com.au will point the way to everything connected to our brand. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, now to sum it all up, what is the future looking like for you and your journey with journalism? 
and that connection with a plant-based lifestyle. To be perfectly honest with you, I hope it stays exactly where it is. <laughs> Just working for a beautiful magazine that does great work um, and promotes the plant-based lifestyle, which I'm very passionate about for a number of reasons. Uh, that's exactly where I want to be. Yeah. You mentioned how the direction of Nourish has changed even since being plant-based. Can you just elaborate more on how that has changed and how it will continue to change as a plant-based magazine? So the journey that Nourish is on is is it's exploring the plant-based landscape as it is and what's there to know. And that's, that's a changing landscape all of the time. I guess having a vegan editor is, is a fabulous thing as well because there's an authenticity to it. It's coming from um, a place that's meaningful to me. So I can only assume it's meaningful to the people that are reading the magazine. So... As we're exploring what is plant-based living and what are all the aspects of plant-based living, we're finding different contributors and they're all bringing something different um, to the magazine and that just will be ever-expanding. So Nourish will continue to grow, will continue to evolve. It will continue to find voices that have something to say or you know, inspiration to share or advice to give. Yeah, so the, the further we go, just the, the stronger we'll get in our stride there and, and hopefully it will continue to be exciting and continue to be aspirational and you know, continue to, to do the plant-based movement prep. Mm. Also, just before we go, do you have any quick favourite places to eat or drink in and around Newcastle down in Sydney? Ooh, you know, my heart will always lie in the Melbourne vegan scene. Um, there are so many favourites. Um, I dare not choose one. <laughs> I can see you've got a nice Shannon Martinez bottle over there. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eat vegan, very nice, very nicely placed. And, and you busted me out because um, I have to say, um, you know, the work Shannon Martinez does in the space um, really captures uh, a lot of what we've been talking about. And, and she's definitely one of my favourite um, chefs on the scene. Yeah, she jumped on a... Uh, nourished recently didn't she yeah we we did a profile piece on her recently and um yeah we'll we'll have more from shannon yeah that'd be awesome awesome all right well thanks so much for rachel morris for coming onto the roots podcast and sharing her journey to becoming a head editor for plant-based magazine be sure to tune in to roots foraging on instagram for the latest podcast being released every week cheers for coming on thank you